0: Good afternoon, live from Nashville, Tennessee. My name is Ashish Parekh, and uh, welcome to another episode on the podcast for resilience. I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Dr. Estera Brilka from the United Kingdom. Hello. And today on our show, we have a very special guest out of Rochester, New York, uh, Mr. Joe Blank, who is an awesome guy. He is a fellow quad squad leader with me on Quadmates. He's just an all-around great guy and one of the diehard Mets fans that I know in the world, and uh, I love Joe just like a brother, so welcome to the show, Joe, and we look forward to having you uh, share your story on resilience with us, and for our listeners, resilience is the ability to bounce back from any situation that happens in life, and Joe will share his story on resilience with us, and I'll turn it over to Dr. Estera, who will be asking some questions to Joe.
1: Thank you Ashish and thank you Joe for um, being here today with us and uh, sharing your story on resilience. So traditionally <laughs> we start with our first question and that is about this event or a major life change or like a series of challenges um, that um, made you at some point um, think about your life, made you, t- made you adapt uh, to the changing situation and uh, finally, eventually, uh, made you more resilient. So if you could share this kind of event, challenge, or or a life change um, with us.
2: Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to. Thank you, Rashish, for the introduction. Thank you, doctor, for having me on. Um, So when I was 16 years old, my mom died of cancer. And I was living in New York City at the time. And um, my dad, for all intents and purposes, my dad was incapable of taking care of me. Um, that my family felt, and he agreed to that as well. So I had a choice to make. I could either live with him or move away um, two hours to live with my sister, her husband, and her daughter at the time. And they ended up adopting adopting another kid from Korea, um, but that was after I was already there. Um, so I would made the, deci- the hard decision to leave everything and start over um, in the Hudson Valley area and live with my sister. It was ultimately my decision, but uh, I made the decision to, to do it.
1: Yeah, it must have been very difficult for you because, well, your mom died and then you had to move from the, you know, environment that was familiar to you uh, to somewhere else. (laughs) But I guess you didn't have any connections apart from your family, from your sister.
2: I had made some friends, but um, Mm because I visited quite a bit, so I made some friends. Totally new, but um, this was going to be totally, yes, it was a shock to the system. I will just say that.
1: So how, how did it, you know, work out for you, um, when you basically,
2: yeah. Yeah. In the end, it worked out really well. Um, I met a lot of new people, made a lot of new friends. Um, it was difficult. It was hard to fit in with the Mm. new group of people. Um, I found some connections that I still connected with today. Um, some I, you know, some I just recently reconnected with, um, you know, as we've gotten older, it doesn't matter as much anymore.
1: (laughs) Everyone gets older. Um, Yeah. Yeah,
2: and uh, so you know, the clicks and everything that were there don't really exist. I mean, there's still maybe some, but overall, I still have a you know some good memories. I have a lot of good memories from there. Um, But yeah, I wonder. I often wonder. I shouldn't say often. I I occasionally wonder what it would have been like if I had stayed. Um, I'm not sure where my life would be. I'm not sure if I would have. You know, things the same things would have fallen in place. I don't know. So
1: exactly. Well, we can't really say that, right? Mm That's. Well, it's for everyone. If we, yeah. if we at some point decide to, to you know, go somewhere else, live with someone else, and then let's say our parents, or, or you know, in a situation like you had, but um, you pretty much just uh, didn't have that much choice. Uh, we can't really say, you know, what would have happened if we, if we did something else at that time. But uh, so, what was the most uh, challenging thing for you, um, you know, when you've moved already? Uh, to your sister's place. And while well, you said that you had a few friends there, but um, yeah. what would you say was the most you know, challenging thing for you at that time as a 16 year old? Yeah,
2: um, well, just knowing that my mom wasn't gonna be around was really tough. Um, and, then them, and then my dad too, I mean, he just, mm. you know, um, I wasn't gonna see him every day. I, you know, I didn't get to see him a whole lot during the year, um, but we kept in touch and, um, it was just starting a whole new school system and having to start mm. over. I mean, I went to a private school because that was really okay. what we felt was the best option for me based on what was available. Mm. Um, so it was a Catholic school on the other side of the river in the Hudson Valley, and I was like, I'll give it a shot. I mean, I just felt like it was the best opportunity. Um, and, it, and it was just different. I, I was scared. I mean, my stomach was not the first day. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to be Yeah, I can imagine. When. Yeah, I didn't know I was going to be accepted. If I was going to be accepted, what, you know, what was going to happen to me? Um, And just having come in with the, you know, already with a, I don't say a chip, but just, uh, you know, I already had the burden of having just lost a mother a month Mm -hmm. earlier. Here I am, you know, first day in the guidance counselor office talking about, he's, you know, sorry about your mom. I understand, Mm -hmm. you know, what happened. And, you know, because he had had known what had happened, you know, because we had met him, I think, after the fact. Um, mm-hmm. Again, sorry about your mom, and I was just like trying not to get all teary out about it and everything because it was still fresh in my mind, obviously.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: that was—that was the really hard part—is just picking up and start all starting everything I felt like all over again.
1: Mm-hmm. And I guess it was a process; it didn't happen in one day, right? It probably had taken you the time to adapt. Yeah. And not
2: twenty minutes? No, it was—it was—it was. It was, it was <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it was—it was a long. Yeah, it was a. It, it never, you know, it, it never. Did ever fully evolve, I guess to some point it did some points were left unopen. I couldn't tell you what they were. I don't remember them. It's been a long time, mm-hmm. but you know i'm you know i I adapted as best as i could and and went with the flow. I've learned to lo- learn to go with the flow and you know establish my own flow to mm-hmm. make things happen so
1: mm-hmm. and what would be um you know what what have you learned from that uh, call? time because I guess it was yeah, as, as we've just established you know it wasn't one day or 20 minutes but like a longer period of time uh, so what have you learned you know what was your um, biggest lesson from what was happening to you at that time you know from all those mm-hmm. life challenges and changes and yes. and all the adaptation that you had to do you know to like um, because of you, you lost your mom because you've changed the environment, because you changed schools, you know, what was your takeaway from, from that? I guess for
2: me personally, is just what I could live through and get through. You know, I suffered with depression and anxiety and stuff like that. And it's just really what the human spirit, I think, is willing to adapt to and change to and put up with. You know, I could easily, you know, the place where I moved to, there was a lot of kids doing drugs and drinking because there wasn't a lot to do, I mean, in that area. You know, there were kids getting pregnant, and I wasn't involved in any of that stuff um, because I didn't want to do it. It just wasn't me, and I didn't want to be a part of that. And that, you know, separated me from a bunch of people that were into that stuff, and that's fine. It is what it is, right? Um, And I learned to be that, and I learned to be my own person and not to give up what I had learned and what I had become living in New York City. I learned a lot there. Um, it's I think it's the greatest place to bring up kids in terms of learning different things. Um, it's certainly not the easiest and it's not for everybody. I could never live back there again, but I enjoyed my time there and I'm grateful for it. And I if anything, I think it prepared me for what was about to happen and not, not knowing. Um, but just yeah, I think the human spirit in general, just what I'm what I'm personally able to do and get and you know, obstacles that I'm able to
0: overcome. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the main thing. I think when we we face something that we have no control over, I think it initially deflates us, but then I think we just have to bounce back and accept, okay, here's what's happened. And either you can play the victim mentality, which is like the worst mentality in the world. And I personally am not a fan of people who play the victim mentality, Um, but it's just, you know, what happened and how can you bounce back? And that's what I think You've shown Joe is just your ability to bounce back. I mean, just, you know, commend you for that. I mean, that's helped shape you to who you are today. So,
2: yeah, I mean, you have two choices, right? You could either play the victim or you play the other card. And that's to say, I'm going to get through this. You know, you hear about it all the time, you know, victims of of abuse, you know, it's like they become the abuser. One, you know, you have two people, one's abused, both are abused. One decides to abuse the next, you know, the kid in their life. The other one says, "I, you know, that's the only thing I ever knew. And the other one says, I would never do that because that's the only thing I ever knew. But I never want to treat mm-hmm. my, you know, it's, it's what you choose in your own mind to do. What yeah, you, exactly.
1: You know, it's about everybody has the capability
2: of choice. Of choice
1: mm-hmm.
2: And it's what choice you decide to go with and what's strongest in your heart. And that's not always the best thing. But it's what you feel that you can handle and do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we're the easiest thing to do.
1: And quite often, when we face that kind of major life changes, um, like you know, before that we don't really uh, know, we can't really you know uh, suspect what we are um, able you know to do, how we can uh, adapt and move forward. And then something like major happens, and then it turns out that well, we could still handle the situation. Of course, it takes a lot of uh, effort and a lot of work and it's probably not really um like nice and and there are lots of challenging emotions but we can still you know adapt be flexible and somehow move on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And tell me Joe because you've mentioned that uh, you know those environments were quite uh, different like New York City and, and then the place mm-hmm. where you moved to um if you think about yourself at that time when you were well sixteen years old. What were the biggest changes in Joe at that time? Joe from the New York City and then Joe from outside of the New York City? Sure.
2: Um, Joe in New York City was a pretty happy go lucky guy, he just kind of living life doing his thing, you know, out with a lot of friends. You know, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have pagers, oh. we didn't, you know, we had payphones, you know, that you never see anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw one the other day, and I was like, wow, it still works, Um, you know, but um, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's pretty happy-go-lucky guy, then my mom got sick, Um, I tried to hide the pain by, you know, that's really where I got my, I developed my sense of, that's where my sense of humor actually started, was to hide pain, Um, because I was in a lot of pain, just watching her come home from chemotherapy, and, you know, so I needed an outlet, so, you know, I had my friends that I could talk to, and stuff like that, and hang out with, and have fun with but my sense of humor came from that as well and learned that I, within high school especially that i could make people laugh so i just tried to develop that more and, and that helped me feel better about myself and then when i moved away you know I, I tried to develop it more obviously um but the biggest thing was just having to grow up really fast um mm-hmm. you know i can act like a kid in any minute just because i feel like that was taken away from me mm-hmm. so you know i you know, I get, I I like coaching kids. I like playing with puppies and dogs and things because I can be a kid, um, mm. you know, and I enjoy that. Like I get on the ground, I get on the ground with all of them because that's how, you know, I'm a, I'm a six foot three, 230 pound guy. So, you know, pretty, you know, I'm not Jack, but I'm pretty strong yeah. and, and I, and I can, you know, I, I come across as threatening to some people. So I just get on one knee and I just, you know, or get on bo- both knees and just, you know, just try to relate better with kids and with pets um and they really appreciate that because you know they're you know they, they really adore that so you know and i adore them so mm. um but yeah people come to me how old are you i'm like 16 i'm like man you're like you know you seem like you're 20 i thought you were a lot older i was like well i had to grow up really fast mm. so that was the biggest change is i had to mature really fast and you know people saw that
1: mm. yeah but it's quite difficult you know when we are teenagers we don't really think that uh you know, you we could be yourself. adults just next day, right? Something yeah. happens, and yeah,
2: you're mm. just you know you're you know you're selfish. Mm. You know you're you're indestructible. You're selfish. You know you might yeah. Be...
1: You're just in a different point of you know your life, your development. Yeah, so yeah, everything's
2: about me, and you know look at me and what I'm doing. Mm. And da da da, and you know happy go lucky, and then boom, all of a sudden that changes. You know, and that changed pretty drastically. I would say for me it changed. pretty... Mm. I still have some growing up to do, but overall it was, you know, it was pretty drastically, it was pretty drastic change. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I agree that that's something really drastic, even for, well, adult people when they, you know, lose their parents or, or other loved ones. And well, you are a child or a teenager. That's something which is like completely different because Mm -hmm. it's not only about losing the, the, the loved one, like your parents, but well, it has consequences. Like for you, you had to change the change the living place. You had to change the schools. You had to adapt your whole life. You know that's that's even more consequential than yeah. when we lose our loved ones when we are adults. But nevertheless, you've managed to um, be successful in life. You have a nice uh, nice life, right? And so, yeah. I know <laughs> you, you, yeah you you've managed to to move on successfully so if you could share with with us and uh, our listeners what is your um you know advice or um a different different pieces of advice for people who um somehow at some point find themselves in a similar situation like wow. um, you found yourself when you were 16 um wow. What is it that they can do to become more resilient? What sort of skills they should, you know, um, focus on or, or what sort of skills they should develop? Mm-hmm.
2: Don't call me because I have no idea. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, sheesh. Um, I would say get help if you need it. You know, it's a really hard thing to, it's a really hard thing to admit to that you need help. And everybody's so much into, you know, self-awareness, self-preservation, self-everything, right? And, you know, it comes across, it's always come across as a sign of weakness. And I'm like, whatever, right? You keep things bottled up, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody that you love is going to get hurt. And you're going to hurt them the wrong way. And sometimes that's recoverable and sometimes that's not. It all depends on how, what happens, you know, each situation. Each person is different how they handle something. You snap at somebody, they're going to want to talk to you again. Mm. yeah they might you know it might take a while to build up that trust because you snapped at them right i mean it's that's hard so get help don't be afraid to ask for it
1: yeah that's very important piece of advice definitely we well, yeah. recommend to everyone who needs help and th- when they feel that they can't handle things uh, by themselves then mm. you know reaching out to different professionals is definitely something but yeah. but uh, we support right we we recommend doing
2: so yeah and believe in yourself too believe in what you're capable of doing you'd be surprised at what you can handle um that's true you know some people never know what their limits are until they're pushed to them i didn't know that i was going to make it through this i didn't i didn't have any clue you know how am i going to live without my mother you know and she was a big part of my life you know my dad and i were close i mean out of all of us i think i was the closest with him but you know i could have stayed But I chose not to. I chose, you know, what I thought would be more of a family situation Mm. for me than what I was going to have with him. And I didn't know how he was going to react to that in terms of, was he going to be able to handle me? You know, again, I'm 16, right? If you remember being 16, you know, we're yeah, not exactly,
1: quite a difficult age. Yeah,
2: it is, you know, you're, you're kind of like transitioning to become a man or a woman, but you're still going through a lot of changes, you know, maybe your voice is like this, and then it's like this, <laughs> you know, along with other things, you know, your body's changing with and, you know, you're not sure what you want to do with your life, but you're being asked to know what you want to do with your life, you know, getting ready for the next chapter of your life with school or university or college, you know, are you going to go in the armed forces, you know, are you going to stay home, are you going to learn a trade, you know, all these things were coming up that I didn't have a clue, you know, I mean, I wish I had the resources. If I knew mm. now what I knew, you know, everybody says, if I, know, if I knew yeah. what I know now, you know, yeah, sure. That's easy. But when you're in the situation, you
1: it's don't have... completely much. different. Yeah. You don't have yeah. all those resources. You yeah. don't have the knowledge. You don't have the experience. Yeah.
2: But I will say there's a lot more available at this point in time. Oh yeah. Than
1: definitely. Definitely.
2: Than there was that, you know, mm. um, but I would say, you know, if you're going through stuff like that now, look into help. You know, look into those resources. Trust yourself and what you're capable of handling and what you can. You know, and, and don't, you know, as she said earlier, you know, don't don't play the victim. I mean, you can for a little while, you know, because everybody for
1: a little while it's okay because you have to have the time yeah, you have for your grief for and
2: yeah. yeah for, you got to you got to allow yourself yeah. time to grieve, right? And people need exactly you know, the people that love you and care for you. They'll understand that. If they don't, then they're really not the people you want to be around because you got to mm-hmm. give yourself time to grieve. That could be a couple of weeks, could be a couple of months, you know, maybe For six everyone, months.
1: it's different. Yeah, it's quite yeah. an individual you know, process. Look, I can still go to my, wife,
2: my um, mother's gravesite and cry like a baby. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to do it you know, because I miss her. And she's never got to see my grandkids or ne- never got mm-hmm. to meet my kids, her grandkids. So that's mm-hmm. tough, you know, and the kids have seen me like that. And it's like, this is what I'm upset about. Cause I never got to see you, (laughs) you know, and you guys are great. You guys are one some of the best things that ever happened to me along with my wife. You know, they're the best things that ever happened to me. But just understanding what you're capable of being put through and just get by, Um, you know, and trust, trust yourself, I would say, and then don't be afraid to ask for help.
0: Mm,
1: that's important to recognize, you know, when you when you actually need help from others because yeah. well, we can't handle everything um, by ourselves, especially when we are teenagers. Mm-hmm. That can be very very difficult. So that's yeah. a good good thing to actually look for resources, as you said, and mm-hmm. uh, reach out to different people, including professionals. If, if, someone needs that Um, but yeah it's about about the victim mentality that's exactly as as we just you know talk about that it's uh, good for a while but then we need to move on we can't be in this uh, condition you know in this state of feeling like a victim for the rest of our lives because this is something which is not really productive and it's not taking us anywhere so that's why it is so important to move on it's you know not because You know, we we don't want others to have their time, you know, for their grief. But the thing is that at some point you just need to take this first baby step and then just, you know, follow and try to live again and and adjust Mm -hmm. to this reality that, well, is your reality now.
2: Right. And I I was was joking earlier that, you know, I've, I've had a number of people talk to me about it. How did you do it? What would you suggest and things like that and i 've always been willing you know the people can come to me and ask me because I do know what it's what it 's like and i I mean my dad died when I was um first before my before my first year was up in marriage, he came to my wedding and then he in October and then he died in April because um, he had um, high blood pressure issues, and mm-hmm. so by the time I was twenty five both parents were gone
1: mm-hmm.
2: so and then on my wife 's side, you know we had the same issue I mean, Tyler my son Tyler was six months old before she died. And then her father died a week before my mom did. Um, we didn't know each other at the time, but mm. um, the same year, but just a week before of cancer as well. So mm. you know, so we, we both have had to overcome quite a bit to get where yeah. we are.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I had a similar situation in my family, but it didn't happen to me, by, but to my mom. Uh, she was, I think, 23 and her brother was 15 when mm-hmm. my grandmother, her mother uh, died suddenly. Of cancer, but it was suddenly, you know, when she started having having um, symptoms, she was admitted to the hospital, and I think two two weeks later she she you know passed away. And I remember, like my mom, she was already you know finishing uh, finishing her university um, degree and everything, so she was like, I mean, it was hard for her, I guess. I mean, I wasn't there around. <laughs> at that time, but uh, but for, for for my uncle, who was 15 at that time, and he, you could see that it had, like, a much greater consequences for his, you know, farver life than it had for my mom, who was, like, already in her 20s. So, of course, losing a parent is, is you know, something that we can't even imagine if it didn't happen to us. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it's, it, there's tragedy every day all around mm-hmm. us, right? We read it, we see it we find out about it, whatever, but it's all on how, you know, it all comes down to how you react to it. You know, I was angry for a long time about it. You know, why, 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 why? Um, But I had to get past that, you know, and I wasn't mad at anybody in particular. It was just, I was just mad at the situation. You know, I didn't take my anger out on anybody. I just kind of kept that inside and just, you know, it's just something I knew I had to deal with. You know, and I wasn't going to be destructive about it, and you know, or make dumb choices. I mean, I had enough sense in my head not to, you know, mm. so decide, let me smoke dope and let me just forget about it. You know, let me, you know, I wasn't going to start drinking because I, you know, I wanted to forget. You know, it's like I, I don't want to do those things. I just didn't want to do them. Mm. You know, I've seen what it did to people, and I just was like, I'm not going to do that.
1: Well, I you guess know. you were a very wise young man, and you had the strength to avoid to that kind of destructive ways of, of yeah, dealing with grief.
2: Mm. I didn't think it was going to help me in any way, so why bother, you know, and I didn't want to make things worse for myself. I didn't want to be known as a troublemaker or, you know, Mm. difficult to handle and stuff like that. I was already in a situation where I was, you know, I don't say I was on borrowed time or anything, but it just Mm. felt like that, you know, I was just, I'm living with my sister. She could just as easily say, I'm not putting up with this crap, you know, I'm going to send you to a halfway house or I'm going to send you back to our dad and let him deal with it, you know. Mm. I'm not sure what that would have done for anybody, you know, so... Kept my nose clean
1: <laughs> that's probably also you know this attitude that you had like it's a part of you know your growing up that happened so fast because it sounds like you didn't want to be trouble you know to your to your sister and yeah. you just yeah, well I think wanted I would... to make wise choices i, tr- I did the mm-hmm. best i could
2: i mean at that point mm-hmm. in my life i mean i made mistakes i picked her well, off that's but,
1: everyone <laughs>
2: um, you know she yelled at me for a number of things yeah. oh. You know, it is what it is, right? Someone
1: you know, had to yell at you. <laughs> yeah,
2: right, exactly. You know, so <laughs> and then, and it was justified in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm.
1: But, exactly, but, exactly.
2: You know, she was wrong? You no, know, she was right. I had to, like I said, I had to get out of my selfish ways and mm. you know, learn the ways of being, you know, responsible for others and and all that stuff. So, quicker. So
1: well thank you Joe for sharing this story uh, with us it's a really amazing story and it shows that you had lots of strength and also you managed to make very wise choices even as a teenager and um, thank you for all the pieces of advice that uh, you gave us and and, um, you gave our listeners who well maybe uh, at some point will need them hopefully not but uh, so resilience is always something that well, we need it the most when we don't expect it. So working on our resilience every day is a good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pleasure you. to be here. Yeah, and Joe, I mean, just, you know, thank you for sharing your story. And, you know, for all our listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed listening to Joe and his story on resilience. Um, and as, you know, Dr. Estera and I wrap up season one, um, we will come back next season with season two. So if you are interested in being a guest, on our podcast, please do reach out to us on LinkedIn. Um, We would love to have you share your story. Um, And this podcast will be broadcast on um, anchor.fm platform. And it'll be available to all our listeners on platforms such as Spotify um, and Apple Music and platforms such as that. So again, Joe, thank you for uh, your time today. And I wish you the best of luck uh, for the rest of the year. Can't believe it's almost
1: yeah, it's <laughs> almost October. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no,
2: you guys too. Always a pleasure to see you guys. And uh, it's been great meeting and getting to know you. And she should love you like a brother and uh, appreciate it, Doc. Great to have you on the quad meets that you've been on. Thanks Thank for, putting you. Up, for putting up with me. My, my pleasure to be
1: on quad meets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for appreciating my sense of humor. So that helps.
0: It's always good. <laughs>